Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit BiteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Simran, and we will be talking about her journey as well as her new book, Signs, Sacred Encounters with Pathways, Turning Points, and Divine Guideposts. Take an intimate spiritual journey and uncover the cosmic guidance available to you. Sacred Soul Activist Simran invites you to discover how life is interconnected and reflective, full of experiences that mirror, guide, and speak to you about you. Understand how signs are your conversation with the universe, and these symbols appear to give direction, build trust, and deepen your understanding regarding life's circumstances. She is a love catalyst, rebel humanitarian, and sacred soul activist. As the number one rated host of 1111 Talk Radio and publisher of Nautilus award-winning 1111 magazine, Simran creates art, online courses, books, and media to bridge humanity's experience and give expression. A TEDx speaker, Simran speaks about the beauty of our humanity and all of its expression and the radiance of our divinity as an eternal experience. For more information, you can visit her website, which is imsimran.com, that's I-M-S-I-M-R-A-N.com, and you can also visit 1111mag.com, that's four ones, mag.com, to learn about the 1111 magazine, which is a magazine devoted to the journey of the soul, and her talk, radio, and courses. So with that, I'd like to welcome Simran to the show. Good day. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, it's so wonderful to be with you. I've been looking forward to our conversation and happy to go wherever you'd like to go today. <laughs> Great. Thank you. We'll, we'll let the signs kind of guide us along the way then. Uh, so I, I've been looking forward to, to speaking with you today because I, I really enjoyed the book. I, you know, am one who pays attention to signs, and, you know, in your book you also you have some wonderful information, some stories, and some also some um, exercises or some um, ways to strengthen one's connection to science. So let's start with, first of all, um, does the universe speak to us, to everyone? in daily life. Absolutely. The universe is constantly guiding us, and it always has been. The signs and symbols are ever-present, and they're all day long. They're not these once-in-a-while glimpses that we think we have. We actually have them continuously. However, we've not been present. And so to have us become present 
we will start to see signs repeatedly. A certain thing will continuously show up in our path to let us know that we're not alone and that there is guidance available to us. And so it's more of a matter of individuals eventually getting the first message, and that will either mm-hmm. come in a very soft, gentle way, or it will come <laughs> as a challenging circumstance that has them finally open their eyes. Yeah, yeah. Those, those two by fours <laughs> can be a rough way of of getting one's attention, but but sometimes you know that's you know that's what it takes in a way to to be able to to grab grab someone's attention. It it does, and I think it's it's because we really have bought into this idea or multiple ideas of conditioning throughout our world, and whether that comes from our families, whether it comes from our cultures or our society, you know, we've bought into certain concepts such as life is hard or money doesn't grow on trees or you don't always get what you want. There are certain things that generally as a culture we carry on, and then there are the other things that we individually carry on just based on our early childhood experiences. And for that reason, life, the universe, God, source, whatever you want to name it, is wanting to pull away from us the things that do not serve us in that way and bring us more into true alignment of what really will create greater flow and ease and love and joy in our lives. And the signs and symbols appear in all manner of ways simply for that purpose. They're trying to get us to move more into alignment, to live the lives that we dream of, but move them from being a dream to actual reality. Yeah. Now, when you've been talking, you've said signs and symbols. Are, are, what, what's the, the difference between the two? So signs will be the types of things that show up that can sometimes shift. So based on the circumstance that we have, uh, the sign that shows up will be a confirmation or it will be something that specifically relates to where we are in life at that moment. And then at another time, we may get a different type of sign. Signs tend to connect. They form paragraphs. They form our mythology, our own life story as we move through time. Symbols are something that have meaning to us that we carry throughout our lives, like a talisman. Mm-hmm. I would consider, uh, whereas a sign might be animals at different time or birds or insects that continuously change, a symbol would be a specific animal totem that we carry as an ongoing uh, type of mascot, so to speak, to help guide our expression and our experience. So some people might have the wolf as their animal totem. That would be a symbol. But if someone is hiking in the woods, and they happen to be going through a certain experience, and they randomly see a wolf, in that case, it would be a sign. Okay, great. It's good to to know the distinction. Um, now, can, can anything be a sign, or, or is everything a sign? I, I, I laughed at, at this because um, quite often, you know, I, I have a friend who, 
he was very much, you know, aware of signs and will often say, oh, that's a sign. You know, there's a sign, there's a sign. And then he'll say it to some people who will, you know, recognize it and maybe, you know, agree with him. And then there are others like, ah, not everything is a sign. <laughs> so what is, you know, is everything a sign or how how does one identify a sign from just a just a general occurrence of something? That's one of the reasons that I wrote the book, Signs, Sacred Encounters with Pathways, Turning Points, and Divine Guideposts, and it is a takeoff of my first book called Conversations with the Universe. They really do create a comprehensive understanding of all types of signs, why they appear, what they are. Um, with with the new book, also adding stories of other people and some more expanded techniques. And when people initially start their journey or begin waking up, or even if they live unconsciously and just delight in those wonderful momentary uh, synchronistic of sign moments that they delight upon, they do begin to occur first as these random events that people think, like your friend said, oh, that's a sign. Because our minds can't fathom the possibilities that our entire life is miraculous, that everything in this world is somehow interconnected and really working on our behalf, that we are continuously on life support, being guided by the universe. So initially, we do just land upon certain things here or there based on where our mind is, where our lens is looking, or what we're wanting in life. And so we will see a specific sign related to that to help guide us. What I would like to get people to the point of really understanding is that everything is a sign, so that we don't just look for the sign for a specific thing, but that we begin to evolve uh, signs as a practice for personal growth. That's what it became for me, Robert. When I first began my journey, the set of numbers 11, 11, and 11 started showing up for me so repeatedly. I started to wonder not only why were they appearing when they were appearing, but how many other ways is the universe actually speaking to me? And if it is speaking to me and interacting with me in this way, how do I develop this partnership with life? so that I don't feel alone, so that I begin to trust life more, so that I begin to really become a conscious creator, co-creator of my life. And so as I moved into that journey, rather than just getting excited about a sign here or a sign there, I began to look at everything that came into my world as a sign or symbol of a part of me on the interior. And so that then neutralized it from just looking for the good signs or the bad omens to all of a sudden realizing if this flat tire is happening, what is that telling me about me? If I'm coming across an angry grocery store clerk, what is she showing me about me? If I'm coming across a podcast host that is delightful and really great at what they do, what is that showing me about me? If I'm coming across someone that I truly admire, what are they showing me about me? And as I began to live my life in this way, personal and spiritual growth expanded exponentially. And 
I think that if people realize that we can grow in this very, very simple way, then all of a sudden life doesn't always have to have that heavy feel when sometimes the things that are uncomfortable take place. We can start to delight in all of it, regardless of the density or the lightness that exists. Yeah, very, very much. Now, your book, like all of the others in the Common Sentience series um, by Sacred Stories, um, is broken down into part one, which is understanding science, part two, which is the stories. You know, you mentioned other people's stories as well as yours. Um, and then the, the third part of it is, um, you know, deepening the connection, which kind of has um, um, ideas for people to employ to be able to, you know, make a better connection. Now, in, in, in like those other books, um, in the story section, you have a story in the beginning and, and in the end of that. And in the story, the first story was called Time to Wake Up. Um, and that's what you were talking about, the 11th 11th, you know, that, you know, you know, started happening in your life. Um, can, can you share with the listeners, and, and then I have a particular 11-11 connection to that I want to mention afterwards, but can you, for the listeners, can you tell them kind of when, what was happening when that awareness came to you? Yes, um, most often when signs start appearing to individuals, it will begin with numbers because that is something that is easily repeatable. Somehow our brains register those types. And so, you know, whether individuals see 11 or 1111 like I did, they're seeing something. It might be 1234, it might be 22, it might be 333, it, it might be their birth date that constantly shows up somewhere or the date of someone who passed away. So numbers are a very powerful way for the universe to begin tapping us on the shoulder. And it usually occurs when we are moving through challenge or difficulty. And in my life, I was in a period of a lot of dysfunction in my personal life, in my relationship life. And I was struggling to understand why certain things were happening, why life felt the way that it did, while I was also dreaming of what I wish I could be doing or where I wish I could be. And so that's how signs start to show up. They will appear when you're in that place of wonder, either the wonder of confusion and chaos and questioning, where you're somehow silently or out loud asking the questions of what do I do here, or it is the wonder of curiosity and imagination and exploration, where you're dreaming of uh, living somewhere else or being with someone else or having a certain purpose, but it seems like too far of a stretch. So the signs will show up in those moments primarily as confirmation to say the universe has your back. Just keep following the signs, take an inspired action. In my case, yeah. I began seeing the 1111, a sign and a symbol of the walk that I was about to begin it was an invitation to move through the gateway of mastery because that's what 1111 symbolizes, a gateway of mastery. And each of the ones in 1111 symbolize the four pillars of that gateway, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And I was guided very powerfully through these numbers and then other things 
to be able to follow the path that I have followed. And I think that that example is simply to help people understand that we we do have a certain fate and destiny. We do have that ability to choose as well. We have that free will. But there are aspects of personal growth that are required and connection with life that is required for us to land on those places fully anchored and with both uh, feet on the ground and rooted. Yeah. Yeah, for, for me, it happened, it was in the early 90s, and I had just moved from the corporate world to the entrepreneurial uh, path. And in, you know, with that, I mean, in the corporate world and, and um, you know, kind of life was known. You know, I mean, I have to go to work, you know, I had the to-do list. You know, I mean, things were very um, organized and, and very kind of set up for me. Uh, entrepreneurial path was like completely different. And, you know, at that time I was really floundering trying to um, identify like, you know, what is my role? You know, how do I define, you know, you know what I am or who I am right now? And um, for me, you know, 11-11 popped up, but often it was just like 3-11 or 4 You know, I mean, it was just the 11-minute mark um, was, and it, it came up in the, you know, the strangest of times. And, and I mean, to the point I really thought I was going crazy because it's like, you know, what is going on? And, and then I finally, you know, spoke to someone who, you know, was rather intuitive and was mentioning that, you know, my quest for, you know, what is my role, what am I to do, um, was being shown to me, you know, at that 11-minute mark. So then it became the point of, you know, if I was doing laundry at 3.11 or if I was making a meal or visiting a friend or marketing, you know, whatever, whatever was happening, um, I shifted from, you know, why is this happening to looking at what was happening. You know, so then it became not what I, what should I be doing, but I am doing what I should be doing, <laughs> you know, which just changed everything. I mean, that, that awareness just shifted from a, a worry and anxiety and, you know, angst to one of comfort and, and actually recognizing that, yeah, you're grocery shopping, you're doing the laundry, all of those things are part of what my my role is and um so then once i did that after a while you know it it shifted you know i didn't see him as often but you no know, but i did but it was for me it was a it was a welcome shift in perspective you know when when i realized you know what was being shown to me you bring up a lot of really important points robert the first one being that signs appear when we are in that state of transition and change. And that's why the book is talking about pathways, turning points, and divine guideposts, because there are certain signs that will appear that will send you down a certain pathway at that time. It is a, a direction that you're meant to go. There is growth and learning that is supposed to take place there. It is a time to cultivate mastery, learn certain gifts, skills, and talents to prepare you for another step. There are also signs that will appear 
that are turning points where they will literally take you off one path and move you on to another. And those often look like things uh, such as what you just described, moving out of the corporate world into entrepreneurship or moving out of one relationship into another relationship, um, selling off everything where you live and moving to an entirely different place. And so you will find lots of signs appear in those moments to be that turning point to really help you shift life completely. And then there are certain signs that appear as divine guideposts, which means they are confirmations. They are the signs that appear after you've taken the steps just to help you know that you have followed the correct path to continue moving in the direction that you're moving. With the numbers that you received with the 11 on the end, 11 is the symbol of mastery. So anytime we receive an 11 or anything with an 11 somewhere in it, it is this invitation to mastery. And mastery very much has to do with accepting the moment, just as you were saying, understanding that every part of life has its own validity, has its own purpose, and in its own way is supporting us in moving towards the very direction that our soul desires us to go. But it also allows us to have a barometer for where we are. So that mastery will constantly bring in other experiences to mirror to us exactly where we are in terms of our vibration or frequency or mindset or consciousness. And so it's really beautiful to watch the numbers shift. You'll, many people will see uh, 1111 or whatever their typical number is, and then all of a sudden as they're growing, they'll start to see 22, 33, 44, which are symbols of their level of growth as they've moved along. And the more they master things, those numbers will turn into triple numbers, like 444, 555, 777. And so it's this beautiful way that we grow our intuition, we grow our trust, and we grow our connection to life to know that we can and are co-creating every step of the way. Yeah, you, you mentioned trust. So, um, what? Um, how, how does how does that play into it? I mean, the idea of recognizing um, recognizing what we see as being you know important and kind of uh, feeling confident in what it is. Um, that, that we're seeing or experiencing? We all go through our own experiences in our earlier years that that have us experience different types of wounding or certain belief systems. And so often we end up guarded as children or as young adults or as we move into our young adulthood. There are guards around our hearts. There, there is a certain level of rigidness around our minds that keep us in a certain uh, track of living. And usually when we have those types of experiences take place, we don't realize that we begin to stop trusting. We stop trusting life in the universe. Our mind, our words might say it, but deep down in the subconscious, and sometimes the conscious, there is this element of can I trust? Can I trust that this is going to happen? A lot of doubt may seep in. 
And when we don't trust life in the universe, then usually we're not trusting other people either. We pick and choose who we trust, or we don't fully place our trust in people. And when we live that way externally, it really is a reflection for how we do not trust ourselves. The beauty of signs is that as they start appearing, initially there may be doubt. Initially there may be, like what you mentioned before, you know, thinking that we're losing our minds or going crazy because how could this possibly happen that all these signs continuously show up? It's seemingly the exact perfect time that I need to see them. But once we get past the shock and awe of signs appearing, all of a sudden this relationship begins to form with life where we begin trusting because we receive the sign, we do our part in conversation, which means now our time to speak or act so that then the universe can respond in kind with another sign. So we begin to learn that this relationship actually is going to be there. And when I follow the promptings of this relationship, that things seem to work out or I feel less stressed or I move in a direction that has now built my confidence up. And as that continues, we begin to trust ourselves. We begin to trust our intuition uh, in regard to the guidance that we're receiving on the signs or the actions that we're taking. We begin to trust our inner authority, our choices in life. We begin to trust our decisions. And the more we trust ourselves, we start to open our hearts and our minds to trusting people. And the more we trust people, we start to realize, I'm actually trusting life now. And so this is a beautiful way for us to open up our energy and our hearts and our minds to more trust, more connection, and more love in life. Because all of a sudden, it's not just us alone in the world. We realize that we have a whole world that is collaborating with us and co-creating with us for our highest good. Yeah, very much. Now, um, we, we talked about um, signing, we were talking about numbers, but there are also other areas when we're speaking of signs being everywhere. And I have to say that it was funny that uh, ever since I booked it through the show for you for you to be here, the old um, 70s song, Signs, you know, by the five men of the <laughs> <Michael> band, Signs. <laughs> yes. I mean, it just keeps going through my head. <laughs> you know, even this morning, it was like, I just, you know, while I was walking, it was like, and all I kept, you know, hearing was that. But but I, I, I laugh at that, too, because, you know, in that song, they're talking about a lot of um, what you would call earthly signs, you know, um, that that are you know posted here and there and everywhere, um, but it seems that you know in today's world that you know even more so than in the 70s that those earthly signs you know those that are you know things that we come across has seemed to increase dramatically you know I mean you know where you used to maybe drive down the road and see one billboard now you see ten you know that kind of thing. Um, so, do you feel that um, there maybe is an increase in the, I mean, there is, you know, that physical, we, we can see the increase, but I mean, do you think that, cosmically speaking, that there are, we're receiving more signs from, you know, from the cosmos to maybe even increase? collectively, our awareness of, of 
you know, that connection. We believe that the signs have always been there, that what has increased is the level of awareness of people. I do think that we are growing as a species when it comes to our consciousness. And as distracted as we are, as uh, unconscious as we can be, we are more conscious now than ever before. And so because of that, we're more present to the signs. And the signs are more blatant. They can appear in all kinds of ways. They can be insects, birds, animals. They can be all kinds of symbols. They can be colors. They can be numbers. They can show up on billboards, on license plates. They can be books. They can be songs on the radio. There's any number of ways that signs can appear. And they're not just random. They're not once in a while. If you really pay attention, you'll see that you get multiple confirmations that show up in different ways if you are open and available to see them. I believe that signs appear to have us slow down, to pause, to give us a reason to stop for a second. You may even have the experience where your eyes caught something or your ears caught something, and internally you ask yourself, was that a sign? Because that is normal. We, we do have a recognition when it happens. And the moment that we pause and become that present, even if it's for a split second, we are allowing with us. We don't realize that we are moving faster than life. We are controlling so much. We're pushing. We're a heady society. We're a driven society. We're trying to all get ahead. There's a hunger that exists at the very core of our species. And for that reason, we have this forward momentum that often goes faster than the divine plan. And so the pauses and the stops that are initiated within us also give an opportunity for the divine plan to catch up with all of our interference so that we are continuously steered back on the right path that we were intended to go. And so it's a really beautiful way to to know that life does course correct us while also playing with us through these different signs and symbols. And at the same time, it is awakening us not only to more of who we are, but to this interconnectivity that exists between what is seen and what is not seen. Yeah. yeah. Now, when when it comes uh, to the point of recognizing a sign, you know, the for individuals it can be different, correct? I mean, for for one person, a sign of you know, a snake, for example, you know, could could mean something totally different for one person than for another. So does I mean is it strictly that um, individual experience that defines what is a sign? That's part of what I'm also sharing within the book so that individuals know the broad definitions that signs can come with. As we're moving through life, we each have our own perspective. Uh, we've each been through our own experiences. So our lenses see things in different ways. And as you open up to the many different signs that will appear in your life, 
Google will initially become your best friend because you can look up the spiritual meaning of anything and you're going to get a general meaning which will serve in that moment. What I'm inviting people to do is to go deeper and the third section of that book really does take you deeper to where you invite the conversations and you also begin to tap into a level of your intuition where you're now establishing your own dialect with the universe meaning exactly what you just said, Robert, that you and a friend could be walking through a park and a cardinal can fly right by and land on the pavement in front of you. To each of you, in a general sense, that cardinal will mean one thing, but individually, based on where you are in your life, the circumstances, the question that you're putting out verbally, mentally, or energetically you may have a different intuitive interpretation for that cardinal, for how it appeared, why it appeared, when it appeared. And that then becomes your unique dialect with the universe. It will not stray so completely far off from the general, but it will be much more of a clear understanding and knowing that is far beyond the general. And that's what makes it so beautiful, because we can see and experience different things while seeing the same thing. Uh, it also lets you understand that signs don't have to physically show up like a bird in front of you. You know, a sign might be a giraffe. You might be seeing giraffes multiple times in the course of a week. might show up in a book, might show up on a billboard might show up as a little figurine, might come across a, a fax machine or an email on your computer. But because that is repeating, there is this message that is coming through of the giraffe that's asking you to look at things from a higher perspective, take a higher vantage point and, and way of acting in this particular situation. And so it's really beautiful how we're given this opportunity to constantly grow and expand our perspective and periphery if we're willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, with regard to cardinal, you know, the idea that there is maybe a um, someone who passed, you know, who's important, kind of like a visiting. I have a very good friend in, in Arkansas. For her, whenever cardinals pop up, for her, it, it reminds her of her brother who had passed. And that every time that it happens, she gets the um, sensation. She basically taps into the love that the two had, you know, and that it, it kind of just reaffirms that connection for her. And, and you know, so that's, again, one of those where, you know, for general it might have been, you know, for someone who passed, for her specifically, she thinks first of her brother and, and you know, the, the love that they shared. So that was... Um, one of those cases where it becomes personal for her. Yes, I have a friend that it's the same. The cardinal represents her husband who passed away. And when I was visiting her, a cardinal happened to fly by. So this is one of those situations where for her, it was very much that this was him. She had bought a plaque uh, to put on his uh, memorial that was a cardinal. She had received several cards and figurines that happened to have cardinal on them, and she just really knew that any time a cardinal came by that this was related to him because I was present, and cardinal has always been not only a sign but also a totem. 
when it flew in and landed on the fence beside us, to me it was, it's time to express more, it's time to use your voice more, and it means to get out and be seen. And so it had a different meaning for me, and and while at the same time comforted her in the way that she needed to. And, and that's what's so beautiful about the language of the universe, is it is speaking to us where we are, rather than mm-hmm. uh, having just one little meaning. Exactly. Well, we're just halfway through, or a little past halfway through the segment, so I want to take just a quick break. And then when we return, I want to talk a little bit more about um, one of the stories in the book and then move on to talking about um, you know, ways that individuals can um, deepen that connection that you just mentioned, okay? Perfect. Great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Simran, and we are talking about her new book, Signs, Sacred Encounters with Pathways, Turning Points, and Divine Guideposts. And again, you can find out more about her by visiting her website, which is imsimran.com, and that's I-M-S-I-M-R-A-N.com. And again, do check out her um, e-zine magazine uh, and talk radio and courses by visiting the website 1111mag.com. That's 1111mag.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Simran. It's wonderful to be back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, as I mentioned in the, the first half of the show, um, in the Common Sentience series um, by Sacred Stories, um, the second part of, of the books um, contained stories or contributions. And as we mentioned in the beginning, your, the first one was yours, uh, Time to Wake Up, about the 11-11. And then also the last story in that section is a contribution from you as well, called Echoes of Time. Um, and in that particular one, a, a burgundy cheap uh, seemed to have um, significance. And so would, would you mind sharing with the listeners that particular story? I am 
62, and before I get into it, that second section is a really powerful section of the book. When I wrote my first book, Conversations with the Universe, I share a lot of my own personal stories and how I uncovered the many different signs and what they meant and how they began to lead me down my own personal and spiritual growth path. This book is special in that you are also hearing now other people's encounters of signs and what they meant to them to illustrate that we're all having this experience. You might be in the closet spiritually, not really wanting to tell anyone about them because you're not quite sure what's going on. But trust me, everyone is having these experiences. Everyone's delighting when they see a sign. And some are doubting them. Others are following through. But it is part of our natural human experience to have this. What I learned in the last 10 years after writing the first book has been so much. And it, a lot of that education came from an experience that actually started me on my path of signs, which was that personal relationship that was wrought with a lot of pain. And that particular person uh, drove a burgundy Jeep. So whenever I would see a burgundy Jeep, I was very much associating uh, that period of my life. And as I moved through the course of the next decade up until this book, I began to realize that this was showing up along the way, and it was also deepening me in terms of uh, moving deeper into my own shadow side as well as rising higher into my light expression and moving forward on my path. And the interesting thing that took place was I ended up divorcing and going out on the road to do a one-woman show called the Rebel Road Tour. And as we were moving to the first stop on that tour, because this was an embarkment of empowerment, it was something that would allow me to be creative and to explore sides of myself that I didn't even know if I had them. I had embarked on this tour to really prove to myself that signs and symbols could actually lead our life every step of the way. So I had committed to an 11-month journey of only following the signs and having them guide everything. And so at the very first stop uh, up in Maryland before my first show, uh, we reached an intersection. And when we came to this intersection, there was this burgundy jeep, and it had caught on fire. And right there in front of us, the man jumped out of the Jeep, and it was hardly seconds later, the Jeep blew up right in front of the intersection. So it's completely on fire, and it was quite an experience to see that happen, and this Jeep just engulfed in flames. So fast forward through the years, I would see this Jeep kind of moving in and out of my life that kept telling me there's more, there's more healing, there's more forgiveness, there's more work to do around this experience that you are to learn or that is guiding you forward to being your best self. And as I kind of rounded the bend on the last decade, I ended up in Newport, Rhode Island on a vacation. And I had just completed a new trilogy that was a really profound trilogy about the multidimensional experience. And it was much different than anything that I had ever written before, much deeper and a really expanded kind of soul set of manuals for individuals. Yet I was questioning, was I supposed to write this for myself or was this really supposed to go out into the world? And as I was 
moving through some of those contemplations, I walk down a side street, and there is a burgundy jeep, and it mm-hmm. is smoking. It is looking like it's going to be on fire again. And for a moment, I paused, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm back here again. <laughs> I'm looking at another burgundy jeep that's about to explode. And yet it didn't. There was a song that came up uh, out of a cafe that was just uh, across from where I was, and I could hear it. It was actually the Barry Manilow song, I Made It Through the Rain. And I listened very Mm. intently to the words as I watched this Jeep kind of get settled down and saw everything get taken care of, and it did not catch on fire but actually got handled. And it felt like closure. It was as if the Jeep had appeared to say, you have now uh, burned off. This is the visceral smoke and ash from that experience that is finally disappearing, which is part of what I had written in the multidimensional trilogy about our cycles and rhythms and what we go through as we are in discovery of our true essence. So it was this link to this trilogy. It was this link to the past. And yet there was also this song that started to play that, literally spoke to me and my life and where I was now, having made it through the rain and been protected and gotten on the other side and, you know, still was respected by others who had walked their own journeys too. So it was all very, very beautiful and symbolic. And that's what I want people to understand. You are creating a life movie, a mythology that is an incredible story of you. And these signs and symbols that appear Although we think they're random and they're once in a while, you will come to find as you explore um, one or both of my books, Signs and Conversations with the Universe, that they're not random and they're not singular, that they actually connect as dots. And if you really look across spans of time, you will see paragraphs and dialogues and entire stories that play out that tell you so much more than even the surface meaning of a sign. And it will become incredibly fulfilling to be fully you, to embrace the beauty of your journey with all of its ups and downs, its dark and its light, and to understand and be grateful for every single person, place, and thing, every single experience and expression that has occurred in your life. Yeah. yeah, that's that's wonderful. That's one of those cases where, you know, the the original turmoil um, it then transformed into a recognition of work done, you know, and, and accomplished, you know. And now I don't know if you see red jeeps or burgundy jeeps anymore, but uh, but that's a wonderful shift in recognizing, you know, the the work, you know, that you do or one have done, so to speak. Yes, yes. And, you know, I have. I have seen some Burgundy Jeeps since then. And what you'll know will change is how they feel to you. Because over mm-hmm. the prior decade when a Burgundy Jeep would show up, I could feel the dread. I could feel the fear Mm -hmm. rise up. I could feel the constriction in my body. And even that moment in Newport, when I came up on it, all of a sudden my body froze because it was reminded of all the trauma of that period. And yet it didn't stay as long. It was like an exhale happened. And when the song came in, a relaxation happened. And ever since then, 
I've seen a burgundy Jeep a few more times, but now there's no constriction. There's no fear. There's actually a smile that spreads across my heart and my spirit in a sense of gratitude. And that is part of the personal growth process. We have to shift not only how we see something and the mental workings of it and how they affect us, but we have to shift our emotion. And we have to bring ourselves to opening to the flowering of forgiveness. And these are not things that you can necessarily make happen. They're things that you have to allow. They're things that have to flower within you. And that's another way that the signs help us. They keep bringing forward the the different signs that are part of our endless spiral so that we can tap into these places where our forgiveness flowers, where our unconditional love flowers, where our compassion flowers, to where things that once caused constriction or pain all of a sudden now create gratitude and love and joy. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, now, Part C of your book, um, Deepening Your Connection with the Cosmos, um, lists different types of, of practices that people can employ um, to deepen their experience with signs. Now, I want to just talk about a couple of them because I, I, you know, people can, after listening to the, today's show, can employ right away. Um, and the one that, can, that was first um, in, in the, the section was one I thought that uh, was really important, and that's called relaxation. <clears throat> so, um, and then that one that you talk about, you know, expect signs, but don't demand them. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not good to see people, you know, after listening to this show, all, all of a sudden, okay, I want my signs. Where are my signs? You know, uh, so can you talk a little bit about the importance of relaxation? Relaxation is a really, really important part of opening to everything that the universe is trying to give us. Oftentimes, we don't realize how controlling we are and how bossy we are. We don't realize (laughs) that we've shoved spirit and source, life, God, we kind of shoved them to the side to say, I got this, I'm handling this, rather than realizing that we don't have any control. We never did. And we're not the ones doing anything, but yet we think we are. And so to step into a place where we can start to relax into life rather than try to control it, where we can open to life rather than being in defense of it, makes a big difference as to being receptive to the signs that can appear. I think part of that control when a person initially starts to rep hearing is they then start hunting for signs. They start looking, where's the sign? And they're seeing a sign. Is this a sign? And although I said earlier that everything is a sign, initially it's about discerning, okay, what's the relevant sign right now? Because in the beginning of our journey, we're not at a space to really recognize how everything is a sign. We need to allow ourselves to be innocent and take those baby steps to allow uh, bite-sized pieces in one at a time. You are the journey. You're not on a journey. You are the journey. And so this has to be a a very gentle process with yourself. It's teaching you to be gentle. It's teaching you to be easy. Signs are teaching you to play again because so many of us have forgotten how to play. We've become too serious. And particularly those of us who are in the spiritual world, in the spiritual fields, or diving more into our spirituality, we tend to make ourselves too serious about it 
rather than keeping it light like it's supposed to be. <laughs> and so to learn to relax, to open to what is appearing and understand that signs are the things that your eye just happens to land on in a moment and you somehow feel a certain pause because you've caught a glimpse of it or you hear something a little louder or in a certain way that you wouldn't have normally heard it before or you feel a sensation rise on you when something appears on your path or in your midst and so it's it's that type of relaxation that lets you drop into the subtler senses that you have rather than the hypervigilant senses or tension that we typically live with. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And in one of the other practices that you list in that section is daydreaming. Um, you know, now many of us grew up with uh, um, parental um, directive not to daydream, <laughs> you know, stop your daydreaming, you know, da, 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 you know, um, and maybe it carries over into adult life where, you know, if we begin to daydream, we view it as um, a waste of time or, or you know, of something that we should not be doing. So in what way does daydreaming help deepen that connection? You know, I equate daydreaming to working smart instead of working hard. When we allow ourselves to step into this imaginal realm and use that capacity of creation and co-creation, all of a sudden we allow our lives to move into a magical type of flow that gets activated that couldn't be activated by manual labor or too much thinking. To be able to daydream allows for two things. Number one, the subconscious takes over, and our subconscious is so intelligent. It knows things that we need. It knows how we need to heal. It knows our essence. It knows our, our divine path and purpose. Our subconscious has the keys to everywhere you want to go. So when you allow yourself to daydream and you really let go, and that also employs a bit of that, practice of relaxation, then all of a sudden you're allowing the subconscious to start to bring in signs and symbols and things that you would not have thought of because another part of you takes over. And in that case, then the signs that show up in your daydreams start to be very powerful signs as well. I talk in the first section of the book about deja vu and about dreaming and how signs can appear there as well. So daydreaming is a more conscious way of allowing yourself to tap into the unknown of yourself. And that unknown has a direct link to the universe, to source, uh, so that you begin to get a different type of intuitive message. Yeah, well, boy, our time has just about run out, Dr. Simmons. So, uh, you know, you didn't even cover how uh, empowering this is for individuals and how it kind of fits in the the global perspective, so people can get the book and find out more about that, as well as additional um, practices for deepening connection, and, and, as well as, like you said, those uh, stories of other individuals. I have found them to be a um, wonderful way of um, recognizing different ways that 
you know, signs can appear, uh, as well as, you know, identify personally with, you know, I may not have that had that exact experience, but I had something similar, and let me go back and think about that again and, and look at that from a different perspective. So those are very helpful with that as well. So any, any final words maybe that you would like to give our listeners, maybe what you hope they will achieve from reading the book or just in general? I would like to invite everyone to get their copy of Signs, Sacred Encounters with Pathways, Turning Points, and Divine Guideposts. I absolutely guarantee that you will never look at life the same way, that your eyes, your mind, your ears, your senses will be opened to an aspect of life that may have been closed to you. And when you open to that magic, then all of a sudden you set your life on a completely different course to awaken an experience of co-creation with the universe that will start to create the fulfillment, the joy, the purpose that you have been longing for. So definitely pick up your copy of Signs and begin to experience all that you are. Thank you. It has really been a delight speaking with you today, and I really appreciate your time with us. Thank you, Robert. It has been wonderful being in conversation with you. I really appreciate what you do and how you serve the world with your voice and your uh, beautiful way of of exploration and asking exactly the right questions. Thank you. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Simran, and we have been talking about her new book, Science, Sacred Encounters with Pathways, Turning Points and Divine Guideposts. And again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is IamSimran.com. That's I-M-S-I-M-R-A-N.com. And also do visit her website with the Easy Magazine, um, also her talk show and courses by visiting 1111mag.com. And that's 41mag.com. And everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit byteradio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.